My guest today on the Courage of a Leader podcast is Nicole Greer. Nicole says, name the challenge you're facing in your culture and she will help you solve it. She's a dynamo. She's high energy. You'll love hearing from her. And in this episode, Nicole shares with us two acronyms for powerful, pragmatic, easy to implement strategies that will have you having more meaningful connections with your team members and will get you immediate results. She also shares more than a handful of valuable resources. So this is not an episode to miss. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the Courage of a Leader podcast. This is where you hear real-life stories of top leaders achieving extraordinary results. And you get practical advice and techniques you can immediately apply for your own success. This is where you will get inspired, and take bold, courageous action. I'm so glad you can join us. I'm your host, Amy Riley. Now, are you ready to step into the full power of your leadership and achieve the results you care about most? Let's ignite the courage of a leader. Nicole, I'm very excited to have you here today. I know there are many things that you and I could have talked about leadership related. I'm excited that we have chosen to speak to the art of effective one-on-ones. Thank you for being here. Oh, I'm delighted to be here, Amy. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Nicole, simultaneously, I will hear messages like having one-on-ones is the most important thing that you can do as a leader. And the thing that employees want the most is attention. But then I also hear from leaders, my team member doesn't often have that much to say, so we've gotten away from having one-on-ones. Or I'm so busy, right? I've got so many direct reports. I don't have time to do the one-on-ones. So why do we want leaders having one-on-ones? Why is this important? One of our favorite people on the planet, John Maxwell, right? So everybody's got 37 of his books on the shelf. He will tell you you that leadership is influence. And here's what I know. You can't influence anybody if you're not talking to them. So you have to sit down with people and have a conversation. And I think the the one thing you said about how some people say my my person doesn't have much to say, a couple of things there. One would be that if you have a strong relationship, usually people will engage readily, even if they're a quote unquote introvert or something, right? Or they have a personality that's not very talkative. If the leader creates a little container that's safe and it's got you know this big buzzword running around everywhere, psychological safety, uh-huh. if that's happening, that person will open up and odds are you do have a lot to chat about because you're asking this person, please don't miss this, everybody, you're asking this person uh, to perform and to do it at a better level every time. And so I think it's a lot of the prep on behalf of the leader so that you come in and you've got some powerful questions that you've prepared. You know, a one-on-one is not, we're going to go have a conversation. A one-on-one is we're going to go have a dialogue. 
And that is completely different from a conversation. A conversation is like, Amy, how you doing? Yeah. Yeah, great. <laughs> and I think me too. And that's it. I mean, that's a conversation. Yeah. But we're not talking about a conversation. We're talking about a developmental you know, meeting where we're going to dialogue about where you are and where you need to go. And so the why behind it is because if you have better team members, you're going to have a better team. If you have a better team, you're going to have better production. If you have better production, you're going to have more profits. If you have more profits, then you're going to build the business even further. Everybody's going to make bonus. There's a lot of really good reasons to have one-on-ones, but it's really basically about that relationship and building that relationship so you can build the person. And when you build a person one at a time, you build a vibrant culture. Excellent, Nicole. I love where you started. Leaders want to influence their teams, the performance of their teams. And how do you do that? You need to have a relationship with these individuals. And once you have that, you're looking at how do we perform at a high level? How do we improve over time? It helps create production, profit, results. And in order to do that, we want to have a safe atmosphere and we want to create dialogue. 100%. 100%. So many good things you've said already. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, somebody who's vibrant is lit from within. Like they've got this energy inside of them and you're going to take that energy and you're going to surround it around your employee. And uh, the acronym, LIT, is a little acronym. Okay, it's kind right. of fun to say. Let's get LIT. And then yeah. the LIT is this. The first thing leaders need to do is lead with clarity lead with clarity. Okay. So the L is, is essential. So let's say that Amy Riley is my employee. Wouldn't that be a good day in my life? (laughs) God, we get so much fun. (laughs) It would be fantastic. However, here's the thing. If you don't come to that one-on-one with clarity, what do you got to do with Amy? And, and here's the thing, what's her career path? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And here, here is my leadership philosophy, and you can steal it shamelessly from me. When I work with people, I say to them, on my watch, you're going to have an amazing career. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that's my whole goal is to put you on a path, probably somewhere you, you may not even believe you're capable of yet, but I'm okay. going to do everything in my power to, to get you developed to your full potential. Lead with clarity. Clarity about what are you getting out of the dialogue today, right? And this team member's performance in the near future, but also further into the future. What do you see as possible for their career? Uh, What are you envisioning for this person? Like you said, that might not even be able to envision for themselves. The the lead with clarity could be as big as, Amy, I want to get you promoted. There's going to, you know, John is retiring and I want to get you promoted. Here's where you are. Here's where you need to be. Here are the competency gaps. Let's explore them all. I mean, this could be a seven hour conversation. It could be huge, right? Or it could be that Amy's cooking right along. And I've recently read a very good book. Maybe it's a John Maxwell book. Maybe it's Amy Riley's book. (laughs) Okay, encourage a leader. But anyway, so let's say it's that book. And I I say to her, you know what I did, Amy? I bought you a book. Yeah. And I I want you to read it. Uh, And Amy looks at me and goes, well, I'm not even a leader yet. What are you giving me this book for? I want you to think about leadership. Yeah. 
okay, you know, and so she might not say a lot, but you say, you know, I read, you know, the pillars about leaders and I'd like you to read. And then when we get together next time, we'll start talking through the pillars. So you can actually do like a, a book club with your employee, you know, on yeah. one little, it's just a one-on-one book club. So it could be as simple as that, or it could be as big as let's get you ready for this, you know, big position. Nicole, I'm so glad that you said, let's go back to lead with clarity for a hot second, because I love this, right? Often we say, oh, the the check-ins, the one-on-ones, the touch bases, that is the team member's time, right? They're supposed to come with what they want to talk about. But you're saying, leaders, come with your clarity. If, If performance is great, you might introduce a new book. You might give positive feedback on exactly what they're doing that's going so well. There might have been a lot of new projects that have been launched recently. Let's check alignment. What are the priorities, right? You could be talking about career development and how to get them ready, and that might be a dozen touch-based calls where you're exploring that. That's really important. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I hear this little voice of like sometimes people I have in my classroom when I'm doing training, they're like, well, not everybody wants that. Not, not everybody wants to be developed. And I'm like, oh, well, then we probably don't have the right person on the bus. <laughs> who do we want working for us? People who want to be developed, right? So we can go down the bunny trail on Carol Dweck stuff. Everybody look her up, D-W-E-C-K, Carol Dweck. Her, she's got this whole thing called mindset. Yes. You know, that growth mindset or a fixed mindset. And so what we want to do is we want to feed people who have a growth mindset. Yeah, we've got somebody that doesn't, you know, do I have to meet with you? Oh, hello, red flag. Yeah. You know, yes, you're my employee. So yes, you have to meet with me. And then what you're trying to do from that dialogue is that you want to talk to them about what a growth mindset is. Uh-huh. You know, you're you're trying to to t- talk somebody, persuade somebody, move somebody to a new level where they have better thinking. Sometimes the one-on-ones about better thinking. So there's a whole lot of why behind having these one-on-ones. Yeah, the L is most important. You come with an agenda. Your employee comes with agenda. Cover both. Excellent. Yes, there's a lot to talk about there in the L in lit. All right. So you want to integrate integrity. Integrate integrity. All right. So here's another book. Everybody write this down. And by the way, leaders read everybody. So why is she telling us all these books? Because you should read all these books. They're so good. All right. So this book is uh, called Return on Character, and it's by Fred Keel. And Fred Keel says in his book, and he's a fancy PhD person that did research and all the stuff. And what he found out is that if you have conversations about character, character equals sign integrity, right? That you're going to have, listen to this, five times return on assets. So everybody listening, I just want you to think about how much is the building that you're in worth how much is the property it worth how much are the machines and the stuff and the whatever worth and then what if you had five times return on that now when you talk about integrating integrity what you want to do is you want to hold people accountable for developing the quality of their character now this is a very sticky place amy because everyone thinks they have integrity yes yes of course yeah 
I used to do. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And so here's the thing. Integrity is so ginormous. The word is like it's wholeness. And, you know, here's the thing. Nicole Greer tries hard. She gives a lot of energy to things, but I'm not perfect. And I am aware of that, painfully aware of that. And so there are things I need to work on. So, for example, just think about a character trait that you might even confess that you lack. Yeah. So sometimes leaders will say, well, I'm not very patient. Oh, well, there's a place to integrate integrity, okay? Sure. And the same uh-huh. thing with like your, your employees, the people that report to you. So I'll just give you a, a quick example. So um, I had a gentleman that I was working with. He was a salesperson. Now, I need the salespeople that I work with to have serious confidence, right? Yes. I, I want them to be self-assured. Now, I don't want you to be an arrogant so-and-so. Yeah. Right? He goes out and sells and he does a fantastic job. So okay. is he being arrogant with his customers? Uh, uh-huh. No. But when he comes back to the home office, he's kind of a jerk. And so yeah. it's like, no, well, when he comes back, I'm, you know, I'm the number one sales guy. So everybody bow down and let me break the rules here and there. I can coach him, of course. But the leader needs to ha- have the conversation also with him about, I need you to be self-assured, not overdone to arrogance, right? I need you to be patient. I need you to be disciplined to follow the rules. So I have this list. It's called the tilt factors. Okay. Learn to tilt into all these different character traits and take them on. And uh, I'd be glad to share that with everybody. It's a fantastic coaching tool and a great, you know, self-assessment tool. Terrific. Is that something that we can get online? We we can share the URL in in the show notes? 100%. 100%. We can be fantastic. Yeah. I love how you're talking about in- integrity. And I love that you're expanding that. It's the holistic definition of integrity, which includes the different aspects of our character. Because when, and most people who have any kind of level of self awareness know that there's aspects of my character that I love and I cherish and I want to share with the world. And then there are aspects of my character that I'm like, oh, shoot, that snuck out. I was, because I cannot along with impatient. And I'm in, impatient, right? I'm looking to get, to get things done here. I'm driving in this moment and having conversations about character. How do you lean into those character traits uh, where you shine and are a gift to our world? And where where do where do you put character traits on your radar, right? And and look to develop those, gauge with those in a different way. Yeah, and um, I think a lot of leaders don't want to have a conversation about character because they might feel like, you know, well, I'm not perfect. Well, here's the thing: if it it needs to go kind of all the way to the top, hopefully your CEO is being coached by somebody like Amy Riley or something, right? <laughs> And, and so they're being held accountable by an external coach, but really all the way from the top down inside the organization, there needs to be conversations. And this list of 48 traits, I mean, who who could have 48 like down pat? And, yeah. and another quick example. So this is a very common one, especially from like a strong personality leader. They'll throw it right out there. They'll say, well, you know, I'm just blunt. I just tell it like it is. Uh-huh. And you're like, okay, well, everybody's injured after they sit with you or talk to you or have a meeting with you. They're all like pouting in the corner and sad and don't like you. So what's what's blunt dialed back a little bit? Well, it's honesty. 
you know, and here's the thing about blunt people. Oftentimes they're correct. Yeah. You know, what is the truth. Yes. But they, they hit you with the truth instead of just like, you know, I'm going to have to, and, and everybody write this down. This is my little clutch phrase for when I'm going to deliver something that I think people don't want to hear. I say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to practice truth telling, honesty, and candor. And I say it just like that. <laughs> and people go, okay. You know, but like I braced them. I got them ready. Right. Mm-hmm. And and then I'll say, you know, I, you know, I don't think this is working. And here's why. So there's a way to insert your honesty without just blowing people out of the water with it, you know? So that's just another good example. So if we integrate integrity, I think the impatience comes down, the arrogance comes down, the bluntness comes down, then we can get more done. Yeah. Well, then you get that 5% return on asking. Okay. Nicole, before we get into the T, yeah, I know I'm sitting on the edge of my seat, but I want to tell listeners a little bit more about you. Okay. Cole Greer is an executive coach, consultant, recruiter, author, and speaker for Vibrant Coaching and Consulting. Nicole says, name the challenge you're facing in your culture, and she will help you solve it. From culture shifting keynotes and workshops, executive coaching, or long-term partnerships, her work is to help you develop your next leaders. Nicole has led marketing and training for 80 plus different sites across the U.S. She also has gone out and got almost every credential in leadership development you've heard of. (laughs) And you can see the list uh, on her website. It's vibrantculture.com. Since that time, Nicole has joined organizations in almost every industry to build vibrant cultures where employees take initiative and true ownership in their work. I always enjoy connecting with you, Nicole. I'm glad you're here to be on the Heritage of a Leader podcast. Oh, I'm delighted to be here. You have a terrific experience, Nicole, and quite obviously a lifelong learner. You're always exploring and adding to your skills and knowledge. We need to know what the T is. Okay, so the T. All right, so don't forget, we're talking about one-on-ones, right? So I'm going to sit down. We're going to have a game plan and we're going to leave this person with clarity. We know what they want to be when they grow up. We've got a career path for them. We're, we're bringing something of value to the meeting. Don't Just don't show up and hope it works out. That's a bad idea. And then we're going to integrate some integrity talk uh, because five times return on assets. And then the last thing is the T, which is transform the ordinary. So ah, lovely. Yeah, I, I go places and, you know, I do the training thing just like you, Amy, and and people will say, well, this is the way we've always done it. And I'm like, ah, no, I'm painfully aware that this is the way you have always done it. Mm-hmm. However, we have to be change management people. We have to be change agents, change catalysts. And so it's always looking at how could I transform the, the ordinary into the extraordinary? So I'm going to, I'm just going to give everybody a really simple example. If you're over 40, you probably know this. If you're under 40, you might need to Google these things. But when I was a, a young girl, I had this thing called a Walkman and it was a cassette player with headphones. Yes. I put my lover boy or my uh, REO speed wagon. <laughs> that day in my Walkman uh-huh. and I would listen to it over and over and over. And I only had a choice of 10 songs, side uh-huh. A, side B. Okay, then it switched 
to the Sony Walkman that was a CD player. Now, this might have been a good idea, but if you tried to jog or run or jump around, it just skipped and it was terrible. So it didn't last very long. Now, Steve Jobs comes along and I don't know if y'all remember in the way back, you know, he's in his black turtleneck with his dark blue jeans on and he's at Apple and he's having, he's introducing um, the iPod Nano people. Yes. So he pats his front jean pocket and he says, you know, I got 10,000 songs in my pocket. And we're like, what? Because we used to have 10. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> and that's transforming the ordinary into the extraordinary. Now, it's the same with your pe- people. I want you to sit right now and think about who's on your team. Mm-hmm. I bet you, you have watched these people on your team and thought they could do better. Hmm. Every leader I talk to says, that's true. I look at my people and say, they could do better. They could do more. Although they could work harder and smarter and realize some kind of skill or potential or untapped talent. And you see it. So it's just like maybe some of you have this thing at the house. It's a phenomenon called children. I have a 30-year-old and a 23-year-old. And I still look at them and I'm like, oh, untapped potential. You know, I mean, I'm still having conversations with both of them about what they could do with their life. And it will be that way till I'm 100 and they're 70. Yeah. Because people need encouragement. They need a conversation about what they could do. Yeah. And and so the heavy lifting of leadership is that we we look into their life and we say, you know what, I'm going to ask her to do this. Um, so I've got a little story, if we've got time for it, about yeah. a time leader tapped into my potential. Great. Okay. Yeah. So I used to run beautiful apartment communities all up and down the East Coast and over to Texas. Okay. And had a love-hate relationship with property management. I loved the people when they behaved, but when they partied till three in the morning, I had to get out of bed and go shut the party down. I didn't like them very much. So it's like any job, there's the highs and the lows. So I'm running all of these beautiful apartment communities. And uh, one day the leader comes to me and he says, Nicole, I want you to run the apartment community you're running, but I also want you to be the marketing director for Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And I said, well, what do I need to do? And so he had prepared. He was leading with clarity. And so he handed me this piece of paper and he said, here's what I want you to get done. And don't miss this, Nicole. I want you to keep running this apartment community. I mean, make that P&L sing, but you find time to leave the building, get your people to handle things while you're not there. Uh-huh. And you go out and you go to social events and do this stuff and you you market uh, the apartment communities in Charlotte because we had okay. a bike. And I said, okay. Well, side note, I went home to my husband. He's like, well, how much more are they going to pay you? And I said, oh, I didn't ask that question. <laughs> because, you know, you have like on your team, you've got people who are hungry to be noticed hungry yeah. to have experience. I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. think I was going to be allowed to leave the property and go out and network, which mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm so naturally good at that. It's not even funny. Yeah. And so John Gray saw that. He saw that in you. Yep. And so I was using my social skills, my soft skills, as they say, at the apartment community to keep at least up. I mean, that thing was full. You know, my whole job was to raise rents at this point, you know, to make the P&L sing. But then he's like, I'm going to send her out here and do this. Now, 
there was going to be a marketing director position opening up. Well, here's here's the news. I did not get the marketing director position. I got the training director position. Okay. Well, so, that makes sense too. <laughs> well, he, he, he tried me on in that position, but I think after he like, don't miss this, started having one-on-ones with me. Uh-huh. To check in about the marketing, he's like, no, 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 that's not where I'm going to put her. I'm going to put her with my brand new employees so they get lit. He didn't know that that's what I was going to do. I was going to get lit. Because <laughs> it was too early. We all, none of us knew about Vibrant at the time. This is a long time ago. Yeah. But like that is transforming the ordinary into the yes. extraordinary. So, mm-hmm. you know, now I ended up training all the managers. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm also hearing from you, Nicole, that in between effective one-on-ones leaders, you're observing, you're thinking, you're reflecting on what's going on with your team members. Hmm. I noticed all the questions that they asked in this meeting had to do about customer impact. Oh, maybe a customer-facing role would be good for this person. Oh, I noticed they're great at speaking up in meetings. What would be some other opportunities to give them visibility? And often things that we do and do well, the individuals can be almost... It's almost invisible to them because we have an innate strength. We just do it. It's just the way that we show up. It's just the way that we organize ourselves or think about something or approach a project. But if leaders are looking, it can be pretty easy to see what team members naturally step into. A hundred percent. And there's this this concept called unique ability. And it's a concept by Dan Sullivan. I'm sure you're familiar with that one too. Uh-huh. And that's because Amy and I are reading them books. And, <laughs> I'm saying. and so um go get Dan Sullivan's book, Unique Ability. And and he said, you know, like you said, you're so close to it, you don't even know it. And in fact, people compliment you on it and you're like, well, that's not a big deal. Right. What exactly. okay. Mm-hmm. Well, don't. Doesn't everybody do that? Yes. No, no everybody does not do that. Mm-hmm. And so where could that leader put this human? And there's this concept I learned a while back, a long time ago. It was called, you know, position description. So, for example, if you have like three positions that are exactly the same, okay? okay. Like, let's say you have three regional managers. Okay. But one regional manager has a unique ability to interview. And to recruit, you know, you could have that regional manager help the other two who are great at operations. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, as a leader, you kind of like, okay, how can I leverage this? Because interviewing is a serious skill. Yes. And it's the energy level that tells you kind of where the ability is. Yes. Yes. I believe that strengths are those activities that we're good at. And that energizes us. That's where you are going to get the most value from team members. 100%. Okay. Effective one-on-ones, leaders who want to get lit, lead with clarity. And we just added another potential conversation, dialogue that you would want to start there about leveraging strengths. Right? So, yeah, you want to lead with clarity. And I, I want to say something here. I don't want leaders to think of this as too daunting of a task. Yes, your due diligence, think about 
meaningful dialogues for you and your team member to engage in that's going to lift up their performance, lift up what the team is up to. But if you start some good, juicy dialogues, those are going to take place over time. And then at some point, your one-on-one's like, okay, we need to check back in on that dialogue, on this journey, on this competency development, on this endeavor to leverage this strength more, whatever it is. And then we're integrating integrity, having real conversations about character, where someone shows up strong, right? And where they might want to do some work, raise their awareness and shift, and then transform the ordinary. What do you notice about them that you could tap into and take to extraordinary places? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Nicole, what is that? That's I, I, I love every piece of that. So, let's say that there is a leader listener who is getting lit about this idea. Right now, like, huh, I haven't been having regular one on ones with my folks. I would like to start doing that and get launch these regular dialogues, have a cadence of one-on-ones. What advice would you give them, Nicole, for getting started and, and getting into this process? Yeah, so I have this coaching methodology called SHINE. So the S stands for self-assessment. When you think about a one-on-one leaders, you know, you're not sitting down to say, here's how you're doing. You say... How do you think you're doing? Yeah. You, Dialogues. Yeah. And you say, you know, what's up? What's going on? You know, and, and you uh-huh. ask powerful questions and they tell you how they're doing. Now, I would say probably 98% of your employees are going to say, I'm doing really good here, but right here I need help. Or, you know, they're going to confess their little icky spots. You don't have to come in with the icky spots identified, although you probably know what they are. And so self-assessment is just asking them questions about their own performance, right? Right. Good habits. And so the H in shine is habit work. So what habit would you like to see this employee do on the regular or adopt into their style? Nice. So for example, I was working with a young man who was an interrupter. Uh And it was slaying everybody. They're like, I can't finish my sentence, you know? And, and so, you know, of course they call me in and I get to talk to them. And so I said, well, here's the word on the street is that you don't let people finish their sentences. And he goes, I can't help it. I'm passionate. Uh And I said, well, we love your passion. In fact, everybody tells me this about you. However, your passion is getting overridden by the irritation of this interrupting. Yeah. So I'd like you to work on your interrupting. Well, how do I do that? You know, like people will have like this huge blind spot. Like they don't even see how they can stop. Okay. Now here's the thing about habits. Introduce a good habit and the bad ones go out the back door. Mm-hmm. Those people are trying to stop something. Yeah. What we need to do is start something and the bad thing will go away. So yep. I said, I want you to let people finish their sentences and then count to one one thousand. Now, it could be that the person has a different habit. Like uh, you've got a super bright individual who, like you said earlier, doesn't speak up in meetings. And now you're like, before you leave the meeting, the leader always says, any questions, any comments, anything before we go, Uh have something to say right there. 
One sentence, have, 12 sentences have something to say. There's Practice saying something in the meetings so that you can gain your confidence. So that's habit work. Then the I is integrity. And we've already kind of talked about yeah. that. And so you're going to integrate integrity and you're going to work on people's, their wholeness. We're going to identify some kind of character trait and maybe behind those character traits, put a little habit that we're going to do, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's the I. Then the N is next right steps, right? So there's this huge thing of setting goals. And um, we've been talking about goal setting for a bazillion years. I love, okay, everybody write this down. Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N. Everybody write down Jim Rohn. Uh, he popped off the planet, unfortunately, but he has some videos on YouTube that will blow your ever-loving mind. And then you're going to watch it and send them to your friends. So him and Brian Tracy, he has a book all about goal setting as well called Eat That Frog. So Anyway, these books are amazing, and those two guys are uh, have been around for a long, long time and have been talking about goal setting. Just between the one-on-ones, what's your next right step? Yeah. Baby step. Yeah. You know, so, and then you're going to hold them accountable mm-hmm. for that step, okay? So when you come back for the, the next one-on-one, you've got a little note. And then finally, the last thing is energy, Okay. So human beings are bundles of energy. Yeah. And the energy in the human for, is the productivity you're looking for. So leaders have to help employees stay energized. Yeah. So there's six energies in a human. Okay. The first energy is intellectual energy. What does this person need to know? That's why you might give them a book to read or a video to watch or, you know, a podcast to listen to like this one. Yeah. Uh, Then there's emotional energy. Sometimes people are mad, sad, and unglad about something. And you've got to get this out of the way. you got to get it all talked out. And you need to get that done and and Uh back up the feeling scale. All right. So, so emotional energy. And a lot of times it's, it's like emotional intelligence too. So is this person aware of how they demonstrate their emotions? Uh So there's, and here's the four buckets of emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. Uh-huh. You got to work people's hearts during these one-on-ones. Um, how do they feel in their heart? You know, because haven't you had an employee come to you and go, I hate working with her. And like, uh-huh. well, you can't ignore that stuff. You got to get that. How are we going to fix that? So you can uh-huh. do something about it. Yeah. And there's spiritual energy, which uh-huh. is not religious. It's this thing of... um sees the day enthusiasm you know we're all working together here that kind of thing then there is physical energy um you may not know it but your employee may not feel good in their body yeah and you need to give them the afternoon off to go to the doctor or mm-hmm. whatever or or they need to go to use their eap employer assistance program and sit down with somebody to talk to about what's going on in their mind Okay. Mental illness and mental health is huge post-pandemic. So if you're like, he's just not right right now. He's just not himself. Yeah. This guy out. So that's physical energy. Then the the last two are social and financial. Okay. So sometimes your employee needs more time with you or time with somebody else, a mentor, somebody who's going to help a guy out, help a girl out. Yeah. 
And then finally, there's financial energy. Maybe one of your employees is not paid enough. Yeah, it's so important. And you just gave a really great acronym with with a lot of food for thought that Mm -hmm. leaders can use to initiate dialogues. Shine, self-assessment, asking them questions about themselves, right? Start there. One good open-ended question could launch dialogue for a while. Habit work. What habits are working for them? What habits are not? You could start inquiries where they assess that for themselves. Uh, Integrity. All right, we're having conversations about our character. Next, the N is the next right step. You're driving towards that. What is the next right step? And energy. Lots we can think about with our team members' energy. Is it time to spark some intellectual energy? Is it time to check in on their emotional, uh, their social well-being? Think about the different aspects of energy. Spiritual, physical, financial are the other ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. All leaders listening, Nicole, now have no excuse. They have got plenty of ideas about how to have meaningful, effective, motivating conversations in their one-on-ones with their team members. Thank you so much for sharing from your vast experience with us today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Courage of a Leader podcast. If you'd like to further explore this episode's topic, please reach out to me through the Courage of a Leader website at www.courageofaleader.com. I'd love to hear from you. Please take the time to leave a review on iTunes. That helps us expand our reach and get more people fully stepping into their leadership potential. Until next time, be bold and be brave because you've got the courage of a leader.